Episode 9. Thank you very much, Jacques and Winstrong. And I'm excited to say uh, that Winstrong will be in Amsterdam at the Canvas Cup. So we're hoping maybe we'll even get a live performance of our Free Weed song. And I'm also working on making sure that uh, people can download that, get that from iTunes uh, somehow. So we'll have that for you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And yeah, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. We've missed a, a few weeks here. Uh, it's been super busy. We did the Detroit Cannabis Cup, uh, Detroit. And uh, we've got Amsterdam coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah, we're excited. I mean, Detroit went great. We had some, uh, you know, some unpleasant experiences with the Detroit Police Department as far as our smoking area. But ultimately, I think it was uh, quite a boon to the activists there in Detroit. Hopefully, they will uh, continue to stay strong and united against that uh, sort of uh, repression that they're facing there in Michigan. Uh, Medical marijuana is actually definitely under attack. So, uh, you know, we want to free the weed. That's why we have free weed, and that's why we celebrate places like Amsterdam as well. So... We'll be there for the 24th annual Cannabis Cup. Can you believe 24 years? 24 of, uh, years of the cup. And it's, it's been interesting this last year kind of getting the, uh, the unofficial cannabis tour, I guess, of the United States where we're, you know, we're in a place like Denver. Right. And it's, it's pretty, you know, freewheeling there. There's a yeah. lot of pot and it's, it's no big deal. And then San Francisco, pot everywhere, yeah. same kind of thing. And then obviously, we're, you know, we have Amsterdam coming up. Right, and then we we hit Detroit, and yeah. that's sort of one of these up and coming places. And oh, we, LA we got a little that, yeah. friction in in Detroit. There was definitely some some police involvement. Yeah, you know, they just uh, I think they felt like maybe we were rubbing their noses in it or something. But we're really just trying to promote the business of cannabis, um, medicinal and otherwise, to uh, come out of the. Uh, the doldrums of prohibition and actually be a thriving industry that creates a lot of jobs. And if there's anything they need in that area, it's jobs. And uh, that was my producer, Mike, and we're excited about episode nine. We've got uh, sort of a, you know, meet the high time staff vibe going on here with this episode. We've got uh, some, some, some news here at the beginning, and we will talk about this White House response, Gil Kurlikowski's response to this overwhelmingly uh, popular petition that Normal put together on whitehouse.gov. And the response is just asinine as far as I'm concerned. It's just the same old, same old. And this guy, I mean, this guy was the police chief of Seattle, you know, where 100,000 people are there for Hempfest, peaceably uh, congregating over a two-day period. And, you know, he saw that. He knows in his heart. I, I just, there must be some switch that flips when you become a federal official or something. What do you think about this, Mike, this response? It's well, I think, uh, first of all, just in case that people haven't been following this at home, there was a petition, I guess, put up on the, the White House website. Seven of the top ten petitions are about legalizing marijuana in one way or another. Right, and, and then this one in particular got uh, almost, well, just about 74,000 uh, signatures. So the White House was forced to respond to it at that point, right? They had to, they had to yeah, give them an official yeah. I mean, response. Yeah, they have to respond to these things. And, and their response came from Gil Kurlikowski, the uh, drug czar. And it's basically just the same old lies. Russ does a great job of debunking a lot of this uh, BS that Gil is spouting here. And now what's interesting is that other petitions have come up now. Uh, basically asking Obama to fire Gil Kurlikowski, you know, and, you know, hopefully people will sign those too and, and, and figure out uh, if maybe he'll get through on this issue. But I really do think these pharmaceutical companies are poised and they're trying to clear the, uh, 
clear the playing field for themselves somehow. Even some of the ways this is worded talks about the, uh, you know, the benefits of marijuana, but not smoked marijuana. And I really do think that a lot of that wording has to do with, uh, you know, with profits for pharmaceutical companies that come in and, and uh, create non-smoked marijuana products that we're going to have to buy from uh, Bayer or from, you know, Glaxo Welcome or one of these other massive... Yeah, and, uh, and, and to that point, here we have the... To date, however, neither the FDA... This is a Gil Kerlikowski's response, official response to the petition. Neither the FDA nor the Institute of Medicine have found smoked marijuana to meet the modern standard for safe or effective medicine for any condition. And I emphasize smoked because they emphasize smoked with italics there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's a blatant attempt on their part to, uh, to show that, Hey, there's this other thing, you know, you guys smoke drugs, but medical marijuana is actually this, uh, spray or this tincture, uh, that you can only buy from us. And that's really going to be, uh, one of the issues that as we continue moving forward in this movement that we're going to have to face. And I think one of the things we've talked about is how people are invested in our movement, are invested in some of these companies and therefore maybe not uh, necessarily going to speak out as loudly because they have a vested interest in those companies. And I, I would encourage people to divest from those type of things if they want to be uh, – you know, marijuana reform activists. And those companies did seek people out in our movement to invest early on. And many did. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, if I had money at the time, maybe I would have too. But at, at this point in time, I think it's time to divest from that type of uh, thing and, you know, work for the legalization of the herb, the plant marijuana. But enough politics. I don't want to get too down on that. It is free weed from Danny Danko from High Times. So let's get one more in. It's it's uh, political oh. to an extent, but I think it's important. You know, Veterans right. Day the is veterans, coming up. Yeah, Veterans Day is coming up November 11th. And, uh, you know, if there's anything that's proven true, it's that marijuana works for veterans for post-traumatic stress syndrome, among many other things, including head injuries and all kinds of other physical ailments. Um, and so, yeah, we, when we were in Detroit, we met uh, Michael Krawitz, who is the head of Veterans for Medical Marijuana. And um, now they're working on something in conjunction with this Veterans Day coming up, right? Mike? Yeah, that's right. They also have a petition up at the, uh, the White House website, and they're trying to gather signatures. They already have uh, over 5,000. So they're expecting a response there. And this group, uh, as you said, you know, Veterans for uh, Medical Cannabis Access, they're doing a great job. And uh, the one thing, you know, John Getman, who uh, who's had a long history in the oh, cannabis yeah. movement, he was, you know, the head of normal for a while. Mm -hmm. He uh, filed the first petition to reschedule cannabis. Mm -hmm. And, of course, longtime columnist and friend of High Times Magazine. Yeah, absolutely. Very effective. Um, in his most recent cannabis column, it's up right now on HighTimes.com. So go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but – uh, just to pull a quote from this, he was talking to a, a gentleman named Al Byrne, who uh, is a retired veteran of the U.S. Navy. And, uh, and Mr. Byrne says, Vets I know use cannabis for pain from wounds that shattered bones, incinerated flesh, remove parts of their bodies by ripping them off. I know vets that use it for phantom pain. The leg that they don't have hurts like hell. Vets use cannabis to quit drinking alcohol and taking harder drugs. They use it to sleep. Sleep, try living without it, or waking up every night, every hour of every night with the horror story going off in your head. Cannabis makes you forget some things that PTS wants you to remember. I mean, yeah. can, let's, I let's support the can, troops. Let's yeah. let them have their medical marijuana. I don't know how we can deny them something like that when – we, we're seeing in large numbers that the prescription drugs and, and alcohol abuse going on with them is leading to, um, you know, violence and suicidal uh, acts and things like that. Whereas cannabis for PTSD and, and all those other ailments is a, just an obviously better and more, uh, you know, effective solution for them. And yeah, so everyone get out there and support that. Veterans Day is coming up November 11th. Um, I don't know how we can deny these people. I mean, I heard stories 
earlier in the year about veterans not getting uh, transplants for organs because they were testing positive for marijuana. Now that's basically a and that a is death that's sentence. one of the things that this group is trying to change. Yeah, um, that's a death they... sentence for smoking pot. And that, I mean, in this day and age, it's just unacceptable. So we need to support our veterans and support their right to medical marijuana or marijuana of any kind, basically. Whatever they want, whatever's going to help them yeah. recover from, you know, their service, what they, uh, you know, right. sort of suffered in service to this country, let them have it. I don't see how this is even a, a, an issue. All right. All right. So we are good. We're going to come back with a bunch of grow information, of course, as usual. And we're going to have our strain of the week, our Dear Danko questions from Twitter and Facebook. We're going to talk to uh, associate publisher Rick Cusick about uh, the evolution of the bud shot and uh, several other things. And uh, we got a phone call as well, one of those uh, phone calls for our, uh, our product shop, which uh, are always very interesting. So we will be back with all of that and more. This is Piotage for Normal, the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Did you know that more than 400,000 Americans were arrested last year for the possession of marijuana? People are being sentenced to up to 40 years for even standing beside a joint. Well, I think it is definitely time for you to help doing something towards this. To find out what you can do, just write normal. N-O-R-M-L. 1600 K Street Northwest, Washington, D.C., 2006. That's 1600 K Street Northwest, Washington, D.C., 2006. Help normal to help protect your rights. And we're back. Hey, all right. Welcome back to episode nine of Free Weed from Danny Danko, brought to you by High Times Magazine. And speaking of High Times Magazine... Uh, we have High Times IT Director uh, Craig Coffey here on the show. Hey, what's up, Danny? How are you guys doing? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Um, and I, you in particular wanted to talk about uh, a new feature on our website called photos.hightimes.com. How does that how does that work exactly? Yeah, uh, it's it's a new thing we're doing now. We're all pretty excited about it. Basically, we can make a gallery on our website on photos.hightimes.com that allows people out there in the world, like you guys listening to this show right now, to submit photos to us in themed galleries. Like, for example, we have a Pics of the Crop gallery. So uh, we're hoping, you know, as you guys have photos of the crop that you want to share with us, you'll be able to just go to that site, drag it and drop it, and participate in sharing your images with us and our entire community in a way that we've never done before. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw like a pot pumpkin uh, section where people sent in their their marijuana-themed uh, pumpkin carvings and Halloween costumes, which was really cool. Yeah, we got a real good response from the holiday thing. We also had put one up just uh, last week for a political protest that was going on in San Francisco. And, yeah, you know, we're hoping I mean, to take advantage of way. events like that because right. we can crowdsource our readership to help us cover things that we're not able to be at. You know? Right, and such as a raid uh, going down at a dispensary. Right. I mean, or we a could festival have or you festivals. Know, and, uh, you know, we, we, we intend on making new theme galleries all the time. So what I would recommend is just come to photos.hightimes.com often. Take a look at what's there. Uh, if you have photos in your Facebook account, Instagram account, Tumblr account, uh, it integrates into this website and you can just tie your social network accounts to our photos website and easily share photos with us whenever you want. That's pretty cool. I also noticed there was a Dear Danko section in that, there. That's right. That's where right. people can put uh, photos of uh, diseased plants or plants infested with bugs or even a problem that they d haven't diagnosed. And people can actually comment and, and, and uh, maybe help them solve those problems right there with the photograph. Yeah, you know, we get photos all the time. People try to show us uh, pictures of their best crop, but... Um, you know, maybe shame stops people from wanting to send pictures of the worst <laughs> crop, but people need to see that. You know, there's like no way to really figure out how to move forward from a problem unless you're able to, you know, if you do Diagnose have a problem. It. Yeah, I mean, share your, your problems with everybody and hopefully somebody will be able to benefit from 
your follies. Cool. Well, so uh, hopefully uh, some of our free weed uh, people will get on there and uh, you can comment on it. You can uh, tweet your photos to us as well. I think there's, there's yeah, a way to do that pretty with much certain you, hashtags. If you mail a photo to us at mailbag at hightimes.com, it'll find its way into the galleries. If you tweet a photo to us, it'll find its way into the galleries. Um, if you go to photos.hightimes.com and click the link on how to contribute, there's at least a dozen different ways that you can send photos to us through pretty common social Flickr. media type things, Flickr. So if you already bucket. have pictures in your Flickr account, you can just go on photos.hightimes.com, uh, register as a user there, and just instantly put up all your photos. Yeah, there. honestly, you don't even have to register as a user on photos.hightimes.com. You just log into your Facebook page through photos.hightimes.com, and you'll see all the photos that you have in your Facebook account and be able to just – Drag choose, them right choose which ones you want to exactly. post and wow that's really cool that's cool and i hope uh you know people obviously already are participating we've got a lot of uh really cool pics of the crop shots we've got really cool pumpkin shots yeah we've, we've got we've had the site up now for just about two weeks and we've got probably four or five hundred people who submitted uh photographs to us they're our right photographers on. you could call them now i oh, guess and uh, yeah i noticed uh our listeners and the winners of the uh 2010 omca's uh, jesse james uh, posted some photos. Those have been getting very, uh, very hot yeah. views. Another big one we did was um, we made a concentrates gallery, and oh, uh, yeah. you know, a friend of mine who who participates in the concentrate artist group on Facebook put the message that this gallery existed, and all of a sudden we had this competition going. Um, I think Nick T and Bubble Man and a few wow. other like heavy hitters in the hash industry started posting some photos in there, cool. right? On. And all of a sudden it became, you know, a who's who and, and hash kind of a thing it was a real competition for a minute there right wow, that's awesome and i love the fact that we're uh we're doing um you know all the stuff in, in in new media because the podcasts the website the the micro sites we have up there all of that i think is a really easy way for our readership our viewership and our fans to interact with us communicate oh, yeah. with us i mean i don't I, there's no easier way than just to pop a photo of uh, of a bud or a plant that you're growing or it's garden. true and also you know we we're a pretty small staff we do the best we can to cover things that are happening in the world but we can't be everywhere all the time but uh, our readership is and with tools like this they're able to share anything they see that we're not aware of you know i'm hoping it'll become like a real source of information and and cutting edge uh, knowledge for us. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of concentrates, uh, you participated in an article that's coming up about concentrates, right? And we're talking about uh, butane hash oils and, and all the different uh, ways that people make those yeah, type of extractions, um, right? The, in our February issue, there's a, a, a an article dedicated to that. Um, we kind of noticed that uh, the casual everyday smoker in markets that have it available are starting to smoke BHO and stuff. And to us, that meant... This is bigger than maybe we even realize right now. Right. It's and out there. There's products uh, yeah, exactly. specifically for using those products. and I think there's also like a, a giant bubble of misinformation and lack of information. So we're just trying to set everything straight. Most people who love BHO probably don't even fully understand the process of how it's made or mm-hmm. you know anything about it other right. than that it's delicious and gets you really stoned. Cool. Well, that'll be interesting. Something to look forward to in our, uh, in our February issue. Uh, that's the hydro issue, uh, and we've got a big hydro report in there as well. So we're excited about that. Um, one last question. Where did you find the best concentrates? Uh, I know you were in San Francisco at our cup and Denver at the cup there uh, and Detroit as well. Where, where do you find the best? Uh, well, I'm going to have to take a diplomatic answer on this and not get <laughs> any of those three cities mad at me. The best concentrates I've ever smoked were in Massachusetts, and you guys know exactly who you are. <laughs> <laughs> wow, right on. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Craig, uh, for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Right on. Uh, we will be back with our, uh, our the return of our phone call of the week. Hey, amigos. Nico Escondido, cultivation editor of High Times Magazine here. Are you tired of searching textbooks to answer one little grow question? Do your eyes hurt from hours in the grow room under those grow lamps? The last thing you want to do is pick up a book and start reading. 
we have the solution. I'm proud to introduce to you High Times Presents Nico Escondido's Grow Like a Pro DVD with an easily searchable menu of over 60 DVD chapters covering indoor, greenhouse, and outdoor cultivation. All shot in HD, this unprecedented, never-seen-before footage of America's top medical marijuana production facilities includes all the tips and tricks you need to get growing. For more information or to buy this DVD, check out www.headshop.hightimes.com. All right, and welcome back to Episode 9, Free Weed from Danny Danko, presented to you by High Times Magazine. Um, we are really excited to be bringing back a very popular segment. Um, our fans really enjoy this from what I've uh, seen on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And it is our High Times Head Shop Call of the Week. Now, this is where, uh, you know, we get these phone calls that actually go to our uh, fulfillment house, product fulfillment house. And this is a place that sells uh, magazines and books and T-shirts and hats and DVDs. But uh, – you know, unfortunately, they, they don't sell marijuana, but we do get some interesting phone calls to there. And uh, this one, uh, this one we're calling Golden Pineapple. Hi, Time Touch Shop. This is Nando. How may I help you? Yes, this is my first time uh, uh, ordering some. My son usually takes care of this, but I bought the High Time, and I was looking through it, and I was really, really, really fascinated. I, I don't know if it's just the Golden uh, Pineapple. Um, is that your? The what? Golden pineapple. I'm not sure what that is. Let me look and see if that would be something I can search it here. Because it doesn't say which farm it belongs to. Which what? Well, what place it belongs to? You know, you know how high times is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Looks like we don't have anything with golden pineapple. Oh, is that yours? No. Oh my gosh. I wonder what this is. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry. I was happy to help you. Thanks again for calling High Times Head Shop. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I really love the enthusiasm uh, he's got in his voice for that golden pineapple. And, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he finds it somewhere. That, uh, that's not, that's not going to be where he finds it. But uh, hopefully, you know, if he listens to free weed and if he uh, um, contacts, you know, the right uh, seed banks or the right places, he can – uh, be growing that golden pineapple himself. And, uh, uh, I love how, how pleasant he is about the whole thing. He's yeah. like, hey, you know, I, I heard there right. was a golden pineapple. I think he really he just got... wanted to praise a photo that he saw or something, and, and uh, he just called that number and uh, said, hey, I want this golden pineapple. <laughs> but, yeah, he is a pleasant, uh, pleasant, especially in comparison to that uh, lady on our first show. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's. You want to take another listen to that one? You guys <laughs> remember? Yeah. Let's have another. Let's let's go back to that for a second. All right. Yeah. Here's another one. I can catch up. This is Nita. How may I help you? You know, y'all, y'all people really, y'all, y'all put these ads in these magazines and get these kids pumped up. Are y'all happy doing that to kids? I'm sorry. No. Did you hear what I said? Uh, what did your advertise say? Roll a joint, pack a bowl, smoke a bong, fire up the vaporizer. What do you think you're doing to kids? Okay, ma'am. Unfortunately, we're just an ordering department. We place orders for magazines. Well, you know, your magazine is teaching these kids how to fucking grow marijuana. You know, okay, ma'am. I'm going to have to ask you to stop using profanity. And you know what? You can go to fucking hell, and I hope you go to fucking hell. We're teaching these teenagers this. Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to stop using profanity, or I am going to disconnect the call. Goodbye, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, comparatively, yeah. yeah. I'll take comparatively, the golden pineapple. A lot more mellow than that lady, and uh, yeah, she has a few things to learn, I guess, about uh, manners or or something. Um, but she definitely had something to get out of her system. Now, but we are ruining the world. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. One uh, one child at a time. I think. <laughs> She's got a point yeah. there. And I will reiterate that you know, High Times Magazine and and these things are for adults only, eighteen plus. All right, so we will be back uh, after this very, very short break with uh, our associate publisher, Rick Cusick. So stay tuned. Episode 9, Free Weed.
Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about uh, our upcoming guest on the show here, associate publisher Rick Cusick. Uh, you know, he's really he's been here for many, many years. Uh, as with, you know, counterculture, there's always the story storyteller of the bunch. And, and anyone who's met Rick knows that, uh, you know, he tells a great story and he's uh, very much a historian as well. So not only uh, can you be enlightened on the history of high times, the history of the counterculture movement, the history of many, many things, uh, but also in a very, uh, very whimsical and very interesting way. And, and I've worked with him now for almost 10 years and I'm still hearing stories for the first time that blow my mind. So, uh, you know, a part historian and... Uh, Part of raconteur, <laughs> <laughs> associate publisher Rick Cusick will be on the show, and uh, maybe we'll be able to hold him to you know a half hour or yeah. forty five yeah. minutes. <laughs> we'll try to keep it brief. We'll try to keep it brief, but uh, he does have a lot of uh, fascinating information and uh, incredible storytelling skills. He's seen it all. He has done it all, yeah. and he yeah. tells well, a hell of a story. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a long road to associate publisher of High Times Magazine, and, you know, he deals with all the ad people and uh, a lot of interesting things along the way. So we're excited. We're, uh, so here he is. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome, Rick. Thanks uh, for being on the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. And uh, one thing I know that you and I have discussed a lot is, um, you know, somewhat about the history of High Times Magazine, but... Uh, in particular, the evolution of the bud shot, the yeah. photograph, right? Yeah, yeah, little known story. Yeah, and, and, and really, I mean, when you're a print magazine, I think, you know, a lot of our strength, obviously, especially now in an era of internet uh, everything, is the bud shot yeah, to this day. Over. Right. It's ubiquitous. There's so many purveyors of the bud shot these days, it really has to be told where it came from. Right, right. And I think it's probably what sort of sets us aside from any other, uh, you know, competition out there in some ways as far as the, the quality of the photograph and the, the, the focus and the resolution and things like that. Yeah, everybody has a bud shot, but nobody has bud shots like High Times Magazine. Right, right. That's the truth. Now, was there even a bud shot in the first issue of High Times? I, I yeah, think sure. There, well, yeah. not in the quality and... Uh, the, what we're talking about <laughs> now, but the very first – well, before you talk about the bud shot, the very first bud shot, you have to really get back and start about the history of High Times a little bit. High Times Magazine was started by the number one marijuana dealer to the number one marijuana smuggler in New York City in uh, the early 1970s when I was a boy running around New York City, there was a man, Thomas King Fursad, a really brilliant man, and this story has been well told over the years, and uh, he was a, a smuggler, and he was a, a first quality dealer of, uh, in New York City back in 70, 71, 72, and uh, it started as a lark. He wanted to make a magazine that if you bought a couple of pounds, you got a copy of his... It was a one-off, right? It was a I one-off. Mean, it yeah, didn't even he, say first issue or anything on the original... And I think it was just handed out with bales and with bales, bales of, of weed. Of you weed. got yourself a copy of High Times Magazine. <laughs> but Tom was also a brilliant businessman, and he, he put it on the newsstands as well. And uh, unbeknownst to him or unbeknownst to anybody, uh, it took off. I actually, when I was 17 years old, 18 years old, I bought the first issue of High Times <laughs> Magazine and read it out loud to my, my friends. But... Um, the uh, Tom put it out there, and it was an immediate success. 5,000 copies sold out like that. Another 5,000 were printed. Another 5,000 were printed. And, but uh, he, specifically, quickly, he, had a, he, uh, he specifically had Playboy in mind as a, exactly. as a model. Yeah. Therefore, the photograph, the centerfold. Well, the, but Playboy, you think about Playboy, you think it backwards. Hugh Hefner gave us the model for how you take an illicit – subject matter, whether it's mm -hmm. naked women or whether it's illegal bud. You take a, a, an illicit subject matter and you make a high-end, glossy, good magazine, informative magazine with good writing surrounding images that were indeed illicit. Um, Hugh Hefner, back in the 60s and 70s, had enormous uh, success with High Time, uh, with um, Playboy, and Tom had the idea that you know you could do the same thing 
with uh, marijuana again, but it or was with alone. drugs in particular. I mean, I, with I don't, drugs in particular, not yeah. marijuana only, right. because there was a, there was all kinds of other drugs. Yeah, I mean, the, we, the world was young, and we were all <laughs> uh, experimenting wildly in those days. And so high times was uh, across the boards high times, and uh, but marijuana was always the linchpin to that whole idea, and so. Um, you know, everything that had come into the first issue of High Times had originally been in Playboy, the High Times interview, the Playboy interview, uh, Centerfold. Good, good fiction. There was fiction in there in the very first issue. There was, um, you know, advertising that was of its own ilk right there. But the bud shot, everything that was in high, the first issue of High Times had been in magazines before. Some, everybody had had interviews. Everybody had features. Everybody had fiction. Tom Prasad was the first person to say, here's a picture of marijuana, whether it's a flower or whether it's dried marijuana. And he said, look at this. This is beauty. Now, perhaps people had done that in the past, but Tom was the first one to say, let's take a picture of it and make a beautiful picture of it because there'd be people out there who would be interested. And that was really one of the main inspirations Tom had that resonates down 40 years later to this day where now we have hundreds of outlets for the Bud Shot all over the internet, dozens of magazines throughout the world that show incredible shots. None as incredible as High Times Magazine, <laughs> mind you, but incredible shots. Right. Now, I heard he was trying to also show the beauty because there were Colombian loads coming in that were pricier than the right. previous Mexican and Jamaican stuff and that they were pretty too, you know the the right. uh, the gold, you know the red and the gold bud and stuff that was coming from Punta Roja and places like that. Uh, Panama what, red. Well, that's Mexico too, yeah. yeah but those you know? those boutiquey sort of things, including even tie stick and things like that, were coming in, and they were pricier. And people really didn't have an idea. Like that's why THMQ, the, the market quotations right. were there, and and the photographs accompany that and show people hey, this is what it should look like. And you're going to be paying a little more for, for for this stuff, but there's a reason, and it's because it's amazing. And even now, like you know, the, talking about the evolution of the bud shot. Uh, we look back at some of those photos, and you know it looks like swag to us yeah, in yeah, some ways. It's yeah. ratty, it's leafy. The most beautiful thing I ever yeah. saw when I was seventeen <laughs> years old. Right, <laughs> right. And the thing is, I mean, some of those strains are legendary in their, yeah. you know, sativa potency levels and things like that. And you know, in particular, the Colombian golds and things like that um, that were from that, you know. South America, the real exotic uh, tie and 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 yeah, uh, exotic is the right word because the thing is, when I was a kid, and I'm I'm 57 years old now, when I was a kid, uh, there was three places you could normally get marijuana. You either get it from Mexico, you get it from Jamaica, or you get it from Colombia. Uh, there would be occasional, you know, exotic strands. You get tie sticks or you get Maui Wowie, but that really wasn't around in a common way. Whatsoever. Not a staple. Not a staple at all. Those It was the big three. And when you got high times, when I got high times when I was 18 years old, basically, you know, it was a window to exotic, to the exotic. He, he you showed, know, it still is, I still think, is, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I, I hope it still is. I mean, that's what we try to do, um, you know, even now with the concentrates and all these things that are yeah. coming out, you know. And, you know, the bud shots that we have now with the, dig- the capabilities of digital cameras and lighting techniques that people are using are just… And know, also the grow things that you do. When by by making marijuana the the high end crop that it is now, you know, in the last thirty years, forty years, marijuana has changed more in forty years than it had in the first ten thousand year history of the plant, and and the 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 photographic opportunities increased with all of the strains, increased with all of the the details that guys like you have put into the plant. That, that gave us, you know, the, these high concentrations and, and the, the extraordinary beauty that we see that you didn't see in the in the fall issue of 1974 of High Times Magazine. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of that – well, you're talking about how the idea of homegrown back then was yeah. was like 
the worst thing you could have was yeah, homegrown. It didn't it exist. Like nobody, would, nobody would try it because it just wasn't a good idea. <laughs> and now, I mean, homegrown is, is really the right. ultimate highest quality. And right. Very slowly over the 1980s, um, uh, several forces, not the least of which was High Times, got together and created marijuana that could be grown in North America. When I was mm-hmm. a kid, you know, you could do it. But there was no reason to do it because it didn't come out very well. But uh, these guys... That's uh, the Indica Sativa hybrids that were able to flower in time. You know, if you took those Colombian plants and tried to grow them in Northern California, right. uh, you know, you, you wouldn't last through the frost. And- in, in one way, the, the prohibition against marijuana... Um, and the the prohibition prices that came with marijuana attracted the best gardeners in the world to come in and change this plant. Yeah, it's actually true. And, I mean, they court us sometimes from the legitimate gardening world just to find out uh, about techniques of hybridization and ways to, you know, build plants that are resistant to certain molds or or pests and stuff. I mean, they they know that for us it's a big deal. So, you know, when you have... 30,000 cyclamen in a greenhouse and you get attacked by pythium or something, you, you know, you want to go to the source, you probably contact the pot growers to find out how to really deal with the problem. You know? Yep. You know, let me, let me just take this virus off for a second. We're talking about, you know, Tom was a, a, a pot dealer and a, a brilliant, a brilliant man in that regard. And that his magazine high times has veered off to change the cultivation of this plant, you know, after millennia and has made uh, lasting contributions to its botany. My question to you, I have a question for you, and that is is that, you know, you, I listen to your show, and I'm really interested in your show, but you, I hear you do interviews with people, and you do them very well, but I never hear anybody ask you about how you got your start. And I know that in a, in a weird way, the, uh, the way that you have come up to be the, uh, you know, the cultivation person at High Times Magazine kind of parallels the story that we've just been talking about. How did you actually get your start in marijuana, Daddy Danko? <laughs> Come on. Wow. Let's hear the real story. Um, you can't bullshit well, me. I, I know this real story, so it's time for the truth. Wow. All right. Well, I always, uh, I always loved marijuana. You know, I mean, I, I had no fear of it. And, uh, you know, I tried it at a, at a young age, probably too young. But uh, I enjoyed it right from the start and, and basically kind of made it made a commitment to it at that time. Good. Yeah, yeah, there's a word. <laughs> um, the commitment. Yeah. That I would try to spread it around and, and you know, I don't you know. You weren't I, growing then, right? I wasn't growing. I mean, but I was just How could you spread buying, it around if you weren't growing? Well, <laughs> if this, as long as the statute of limitations has run out, I guess I can discuss it. But I was <laughs> buying certain amounts from uh, from a friend and, and, and selling them to other friends, uh, basically oh. enough just to you know, be able to smoke for free for a while. And then ultimately, um, you know, that just grew into something larger. And he, so, so like our founder, <laughs> the legendary founder of High Times Magazine, you got your start as, let's say the word now, a marijuana <laughs> dealer. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, you know, I wouldn't use the, that terminology, <laughs> so to speak. But uh, yeah. And then, you know, once I realized that you could grow it, and that that's who I was paying all the money to. Where was this? Where was this? <laughs> this is back in Boston, in Boston. years, and years, yeah. and years ago. Years and years ago. And yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, I remember the first time I went out with you in Boston years ago. And, you know, everybody talks about their props. Everybody says, oh, yeah, I did this, I did that. And then next day I know I'm in Danny's hometown with Danny and I'm out there. And one by one he's introducing me to his, his friends there. And they came up to me and they said, do you know who this man is? And I said, yeah, he's working high times. I thought he was giving me some high times props. He goes, no, this is the man. This is the man that brought the $20 eighth to Boston. <laughs> I said, really? And there was such sparkle in their eyes and such, <laughs> such admiration. And, wow. and so uh, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess You're I a guess legend in true. Boomtown, baby. Everybody was paying 25 or 30 uh, I charged 20 <laughs> <laughs> And then that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't easy. Like, I definitely undercutting people doesn't make them happy. And uh, I don't know. I just felt like even then, you know, it should be free. Yeah. And I don't. I just feel that way. Even, even, even. 
Free weed. Even yeah, for a shot. Free weed. I mean, I really do think <laughs> if, it, it, you know, in the absence of prohibition, it's so cheap to produce in full sunlight that it should be just like any vegetable in your garden. When there's a big bounty and a big harvest, you share it with your friends and, and give them, you know, I mean, I grow tomatoes, I grow, uh, you know, jalapeno peppers and stuff. I can't eat all the jalapeno peppers that I grow. So I give them away to my neighbors and, uh, you know, to friends and family and whoever else. And I think it should be the same way. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I did profit from it, but I think even at a young age, even back then, I had a feeling that there was something political about it Mm -hmm. for me. And I wasn't even political about it at that point. I mean, I think, uh, it took moving to New York and actually sort of moving here at, at the time that, you know, Giuliani just started. You know, I got here when the fun ended, basically. Yeah, like Dinkins was done, Giuliani started, and, and all the whole weed scene changed. Uh, the pot rally changed. The whole New York thing started up with like the, you know, 50,000 arrests a, uh, a year. And, and um, you know, that it took that to really get me to be more political about it. But uh, Where did it, you first grow? I was I was growing in Boston, and then when I first moved to New York, I was I basically was growing in Brooklyn and Queens and Manhattan, anywhere I could find a a decent location. And uh, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. By the way, that uh, was quite a uh, hectic experience. This is a tough place, uh, tough place to pull that sort of thing off. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my recommendation is go to a state with uh, (laughs) with some sort of protection for you because. Uh, here you got to you not only worry, have to worry about the police, but the thieves as well. You know they you have a target on you as far as they know that you uh, you can't go to the authorities if anything happens to you or anything. Right. So there's a lot of a lot of you know people preying on on uh, on people here as well. So well, that's why marijuana has to be legalized across. Yeah, the Yeah, and ultimately, you know, like even the job originally, you know, with Headcase and the hemp companies, those jobs were like you know covers jobs <laughs> you know just to have something to tell people that I do for a living and then the cover job turned into a real job and then I couldn't do the things that I did for a living and so it's kind of interesting that transition happening over the years of like well now I'm up front and I'm an activist and I'm a if you, you know, grow a plant you get one stoner high but if you teach a man to grow a plant, you get the whole world high. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I say at this point, you know, with the book and all the articles and stuff, if I just get one gram from every garden that I inspired <laughs> <laughs> given back to me over the course of time, I will be basically drowning in weed, hopefully, <laughs> at that point. But, uh, okay. All right. Thank you very much, Rick. Uh, we're definitely going to have you Thanks on the show me. again. Thanks a lot for, for being on and talking about uh, the evolution of the bud shot and some of the high times <laughs> The evolution of Danny Danko. <laughs> some of my history as well for, for the uh, uh, subscribers and listeners who may not know <laughs> all the criminal activities I used to be involved in. Uh, <laughs> now you do. So there you have it. But uh, these days, I'm just getting that information out to you. So I want free weed for everybody. are back with free weed episode nine and we are talking about our strain of the week um the strain of the week this week is it's up at hightimes.com and it's anunnaki from dna genetics i chose this one as uh one of the top 10 strains in 2008 in our december 2008 issue um the dna guys created a really interesting um you know, well-yielding sativa-dominant plant, which is pretty tough to find. So they used a cantaloupe haze male and a a California hash plant female to create this strain. It's really tasty, very, uh, you know, spicy and pungent. And it's not a huge yielder. I mean, you know, it's a sativa. But the subtle taste and the racy up high, the, the real sativa 
essence comes out in this. And I think that's the dominant genetics of that cantaloupe haze male. So if you get the phenotype that, uh, that has that, you're, you're really in luck. Um, the other thing is, is that they suggest some pretty severe pruning early on um, with Anunnaki just to avoid growing too much lumber, which is all those uh, long internode distances. It's basically just a waste of uh, space and a waste of uh, plant material at that point. So crowd the plants together in a sea of green system. And uh, uh, oh, one other thing to keep in mind with uh, the Anunnaki is that it makes a really amazing hash when you uh, whether it be the scissor hash um, that you get when you're trimming it or uh, the actual hash that you get when you you use those fan leaves to to make uh, dry sieve or bubble hash you get a real spicy tasty sample um, it's really amazing and you want to make sure it goes the full distance this is a nine to ten week strain and I would err on the side of ten weeks for sure so that you get uh, that real you know, uh, perfect sativa high from that haze crossed with the hash plant. So um, the contact info on that is dnagenetics.com. Um, uh, the photographs are beautiful. So check out our website, hightimes.com, to see more of the Anunnaki. And um, like I said, you know, it takes an extra week or two, but it's well worth the wait because... Uh, it really is just an amazing cerebral sativa high, and you got to praise the DNA guys. I mean, they've won almost every uh, cannabis contest they've entered. They've either placed or won, and that's not just High Times Cups, but High Life Expos and all kinds of other harvest festivals that occur, and uh, really excited to see what they might have uh, coming up for Amsterdam as well because that's uh, that's always a wonderful contest over there. We're excited uh, – here coming up in November to be at a new venue over there, Borchland, which uh, from what I hear is really beautiful. And I've looked at pictures on the internet, got some great uh, musical guests coming over there as well. So we're, we're excited. Be real. Eric Bobo, uh, Winstrong, who sings my theme song. I'm excited about that. Dilated peoples who are there practically every year. And uh, we love them. And um, now we're going to get into our dear Danko questions. Uh, most of these, I think, Mike, are coming from Twitter now. We've got uh, the at Danny Danko Twitter, where I'm getting a lot of free weed questions here. Some of them I use on the show. Some of them I use in the mag. Some of them, I guess, I use for both. If uh, if it's a good question, and I feel like uh, you know, I'd like to expound on it. So, I guess without further ado, what do we got out there for for Twitter questions? Well, Dan, uh, we got a couple of Twitter questions for you this week. We, we were on a, a bit of a hiatus for a yeah, few weeks, so you know, the, we've the been questions busy. piled it's up. It's really tough. And I got to commend Russ. Uh, he just had his 800th show. I can't believe that. It's just amazing that uh, that he's able to uh, to put out that many shows. Here we are on our ninth show, and I just realized how tough it is just to do a weekly. And for him to do a, a practically daily show, it's amazing. So com- commendations to russ and and to my producer mike hughes here who uh who you know deals with my uh quirks and, and yeah foibles. it's not, not an easy gig but we're, <laughs> we're making it through before we get into these uh these questions here though i got a question for you uh mr danko did you uh do you do anything for halloween you know i uh, uh i took the my wife and i took uh, my baby out uh Dressed in his costume, and was this the first the first Halloween for actually, uh, for the young man? It's actually his second Halloween. Uh, he was a even smaller uh, baby at the first one, but now he's 17 months, and he's kind of looking around and checking stuff out. And yeah, it was great. We handed out a bunch of candy to the neighborhood kids, and it was uh, it was a fun time. Very cool. All right. Well, as you say, without further ado, let's get into this. Uh, Twitter questions. You can reach Dan at Danny Danko. At Danny Danko. At Danny Danko. Yeah. On the Twitter. First or one we got. Hashtag free weed. Hashtag free weed also works. So that fab one wants to know, I need info on the art of clippings, broham. Clippings, Help broham. Me out there. I think yeah. he must be talking about uh, cloning. Uh, the art of cloning, uh, some people call that, uh, you know, rooting cuttings or, or clippings. Uh, and basically, I, for me, um, you know, 
cloning is an art for sure, but the two most important things, as I always say, are humidity and warmth temperature. So uh, room temperature is not sufficient enough. It's a little bit cold, and usually most rooms don't have the humidity either. So you want a tray uh, with a dome to sort of keep that humidity in, and you want a heating pad, very cheap, that you can put underneath the tray that plugs in and heats it up. And it, that combination of warmth and moisture is irresistible to a, a clipping. Uh, eventually, that clipping will shoot out roots into the, the medium that you've put it in and uh, will become an identical clone to the plant that you took it from. So I guess... Uh, you know, I always emphasize humidity and heat for cloning. You don't want too much humidity because you can get rot, but somewhere, you know, in the 70 to 80% is perfect. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the key and the way to get uh, successful cloning, which I consider to be around 90%. I mean, getting 100% rooted clones is tough. So, you know, if you're in the 90 or more percentile, you're a successful uh, cloner. That helps that fab one out. And our next question comes from VinMasters17. I think this is a pretty easy one for you, but we'll ask it anyway. Uh, what would you prefer to use, a volcano vape or a nice tall bong? Wow. You know, I love vaporizers and I love bongs, but the truth is I'm a joint guy. And uh, I like smoking joints. I like rolling joints. I like sharing joints. I like passing joints. I like uh, relighting joints that have gone out. Uh, so really, I'm a joint guy. I'll hit bongs and I'll hit. Uh... Now it looks like we got a joint here for you. And Nico <laughs> Escondido has provided you a joint right, right on Excellent. cue. Well Excellent. done, well, nicely rolled. You know, nothing like uh, radio for you guys to be able to see me smoke this joint. Yes, for everyone listening, <laughs> it's a very nice. So joint. yeah, you know, I love the volcano. I love the uh, the different type of buzz, the body buzz that you get from the vape, and I love the intensity you get from a bong hit. Although I'm not a big bong hitter. Um, you know, I kind of like to sip and not guzzle my weed, but, uh, yeah. All <laughs> Speaking right, of all bong right. hitters. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, yeah, we got a new one here. We get this question a lot. This next one it comes from uh, Canes808, and uh, he wants to know, who would you recommend buying seeds from? He's interested in uh, checking out a little personal use stash for the spring. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I get this question a lot and it's a tough one to answer because obviously we have, uh, you know, advertisers and, and vested interests and stuff. I, I have written uh, the High Times Seed Bank Hall of Fame, uh, which is online, which is a list of about 30 companies. We've, we started with 10 and added another 10 and then added another 10. And those are 30 companies that have been around for years that have a, uh, you know, a reputation for creating seeds that are trusted and having good customer service and that sort of thing. Um, so I would check that out. Obviously, any of the stalwarts, you know, the Sensi Seeds, the Sirius, the Paradise, Soma, Greenhouse, those are uh, established companies that have been around since the mid-90s or so. Um, you know, the problem is sometimes is that they may or may not ship to the United States. So in that case, you have to go through a wholesaler or a you know, a middle middleman type of company. And as far as those go, um, I, you know, I, I hesitate to recommend too many in particular, but I know uh, Attitude Seeds out of the UK is one of the uh, more trusted ones that is really have their stuff together right now. And, uh, you know, out of Canada, I would say Ontario Seed Bank. You can drive up there. You don't have to even have it sent in the mail. Right across the border there in Toronto, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those are a couple of trustworthy companies that have been around for a while. Um, you always – you never want to work with like a fly-by-night operation or anybody that makes a lot of claims that they can't really back up. I see seeds selling for thousands and thousands of dollars here and there. And, and I mean, really, you should be paying – if you're buying seeds – First of all, you should be buying them to grow out mother plants and take clones. You shouldn't always just be growing from seed. And if you're looking for those keeper plants, I would say, you know, buy more than a, a one pack of 10. You know, buy 40 or 50 seeds and grow them out to pick your keeper mother plants. Um, and, you know, buy them from trusted companies. That's, that's what I would say. So I think I've mentioned enough of them there. 
Yeah, and we have the uh, the Seed Bag and Call of Fame, which comes out, and uh, we're yeah, going to get a microsite yeah. going on the website. Yeah, we're going to have a microsite on the website that's going to be the Seed Bank Hall of Fame. It's going to have all all of the 30 existing companies and the five uh, sort of founding companies that are defunct now, but that started off a lot of the uh, the stuff like uh, Neville uh, Schoenmachers and, and Sam the Skunk Man and the people from, from the earliest days who aren't around anymore but really established a lot of the genetic basics of the haze and the skunk number five and the uh, northern lights uh, times, you know, haze and skunk number five and all of that stuff. So Very good. You know, yeah. All the history is there, and then all of the companies are listed. So we're excited about that as well. And so that's what I would recommend buying seeds from. I hope that helps. Canes 808, and good luck with your uh, personal use crop this spring. Nice. Let's move it on to uh, Jake Bake 420. Once mm. again, we, we can't seem to have a show that does he not include f- Jake Bake. He has the Freebie logo as his. He does. Avatar, He's a very, awesome. very Thank devoted you, listener. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for. Sorry, we didn't send you the free hat yet. Oh yeah, we we're got making stuff for the you, free hat. We'll be in touch we'll, this week. We'll send you it, and it'll be terrific. And yeah, <laughs> but keep those questions coming. Our number one fan, Jake Bake four twenty. Uh, he would like to know, and this is actually a really interesting question. I wanted to ask you this myself. Uh, what is your most memorable moment at any of the cannabis cups you've attended? So wow. the most memorable moment you've had at a cannabis cup. Wow, interesting. Well, I, I guess I'd have to divide that into two because we have these domestic cannabis cups now and uh, had an amazing experience in Denver uh, with Kid Cudi, uh, Scott Mescudi, who uh, you know brought me up on stage and introduced me to the crowd, and I got to give him his his doobie award right there on stage in front of everybody. And the crowd was really in a frenzy. And I just, I got to kind of experience what it must be like to be up there with uh, all these screaming fans. It was just, that uh, was, that was an intense one. We actually have video of that uh, on the site. Everyone should go to (laughs) hightimes.com and just uh, slash uh, or look for Kid Cudi. That's a good idea. Let's give them a little taste. Uh, This is a, a brief audio clip of Danny Danko and Kid Cudi on stage in Denver as uh, Cudi addresses the crowd with his arm over Dan's shoulder and then begins his song. Uh, you should check the video out in entirety, but but here's a little sample of that. I want you to say how you When my first album came out, before Grub came out, before anyone heard it, I went to high times to play it for Danny and his staff. Because I wanted a real stronger opinion. And I remember this next specific record, he was just like, Yeah. So I want you to stand by my side when this song comes on. Ready? So that was unbelievable, obviously, uh, an incredible moment for, for you and uh, for everyone in that audience. must have been really very exciting. Really quite an experience, and I, I could really actually feel the energy of the crowd, uh, you know, bouncing back at us and the, just this huge cloud of smoke. It's an intense experience, yeah. and that was in Denver. And as far as Amsterdam goes, I think, uh, you know, watching Andrew Tosh perform the songs of his father, Peter Tosh, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, just because I'm a, just a huge Peter Tosh fan, as well as just understanding how, how much he fought for cannabis rights and actually bled for it and almost was killed over it and um, really just refused to bow to any kind of authorities in any way, shape, or form and, and really believed in, as he said to... Uh, Roger Steffens, who was there with us as well to honor Peter Tosh, he said that uh, smoking, not smoking weed was against his religion. So I, <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. And, and just being there with Roger Steffens and with people, uh, Andrew and David Tosh, the children of Peter Tosh, and having him be honored, you know, he's always sort of been in the shadow of Bob Marley in a lot of ways. And not, not to take anything away from Bob Marley, who I absolutely love, but... Uh, 
Um, I think Peter Tosh was really uh, the yin to the yang and, and one of the just the, the best freedom fighters we've ever had for cannabis, a real uncompromising spirit. So that's probably my most memorable Amsterdam experience. But, no, those uh, are two great moments. I'm looking forward yeah. to many more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, we're gonna have been a couple opportunities. So. Yeah, there's been many more. Yeah, we're doing uh, Amsterdam in just a couple of weeks, and we've got uh, Los Angeles, uh, I believe, coming in February. in February. Yes, and then Denver after that in April. So we really are spreading the love throughout the world right now, and uh, you know, really, the ultimate goal is to get people united to free weed, to legalize completely, and that's beyond medical, beyond. Uh, any kind of boundaries and regulations to end marijuana prohibition. That is our goal nationwide and worldwide. Well, there you go. And thank you, Jake Bake420. Once Thanks, again, you're, you're always there for us. We appreciate that. Um, got one more. These are all via Twitter. You could ask your question to Danny Danko uh, via Twitter. So just at Danny Danko or uh, hashtag free weed. That'll get your question on the air or perhaps answered in print. Very exciting stuff. Elza Nogaria, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. There's a two-parter here. Uh, Elza says, you owe us something, Mr. Danko. I need my free weed. When is the wait over? Well, the answer is it's over. It's over. The wait is over. Here's another episode, and we'll be back with episode 10. Uh, Hopefully next week. You know, I can't predict the future, but we want to do this weekly, and, uh, you know, we could use the support. So if you guys, you know, tweet us, um, retweet our tweets, and, and... you know, check out our Facebook page. That that really helps. Uh, encourage us to keep it up and keep up the uh, the work of what we're doing because you know it takes a little time for Mike to edit all this stuff and for us to plan this out. And uh, we're just glad that people are listening and we're glad that they're excited enough that they're uh, you know anxiously awaiting future episodes. That's awesome. <laughs> that Thank was you. a hashtag waiting sucks. So thanks, Elza. And Elza has the Thank second you, question. Uh, please. Please tell me where I can download the free weed theme song. <laughs> I need it but can't find it. Who sings it? Make my day. Wow. Oh, great. Thank you, Elza. Uh, I really i am excited that you love the song. That song was produced by my great friend uh, DJ Jacques, uh, and it's sung by a great reggae singer uh, named Winstrong, who will actually be in Amsterdam at the Cannabis Cup. So we're hoping for a live performance of the free weed song if we can get it, or at least maybe he'll, uh, he'll give us, uh, he'll give us one for the show. Uh, right now I'm, I'm working with Jacques to figure out how we can get it as a download on iTunes. Um, he knows that there's a demand for it, so we're working on it now and hopefully I'll have an answer for you by uh, next week's show and you'll be able to get that song, uh, in conjunction with your free weed addiction. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though. Maybe at the end of uh, this episode, I will play that song in entirety. So oh, if perfect. you guys all stick around after we're done talking, you'll perfect. you'll have the entire song right there. Awesome. And yeah. All right. Well, that that does it for the questions this week. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back. Alright, thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 9, the special episode with our uh, High Times family here. Thank you to Rick Cusick. Thank you to Nico Escondido. Thanks to Craig Coffey. Uh, as always, my producer, Mike Hughes. Thank you, everybody. We are just so excited to keep bringing you free weed every week if we can. We will be back next week uh, forbidding any Hopefully. kind of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But we we will try try to be be back back next week. And uh, hopefully we'll do an Amsterdam episode from over there as well. Uh, So keep in touch. Stay subscribed. Spread the love. uh, Get get at us on Facebook, at Twitter, at Danny Danko. And uh, yeah, man. Thanks a lot. We will be back. And uh, we'll see you next week. And we are about to have the song Free Weed in its entirety. So anybody who's been looking to download the song... 
uh, or just to have a version of it that doesn't have me coming on in the middle and interrupting it <laughs> with my uh, gibberish and nonsense. Here it is in its entirety. DJ Jacques and Winstrong, Free Weed. What? Free Weed! Free Weed! Danny Danko on the normal radio. Free Weed! Free Weed! Oh, yo! Danny Danko come to show you how it goes. You're now tuned into Free Weed from Danny Danko on normal radio. By High Times Magazine. See me, I say, boom, bang, big respect. See me, I say, Danny Danko. Thanks and praises to His Majesty for the good herb growing, you know? Yeah. 